Chapter 31 Flora Flora stared wistfully over the viewing deck at the edge of the penthouse's infinity lakes as the water nearby flowed over the infinity rim. She often wondered what gridlock would have been like if they did not have the aquifer underneath them. In the days following the first trial, Flora planned to quit. Her adjacent specter haunted her. It had always been with her since she was a child, but in that trial, she lost all control to it. To quit would mean the specter would be kept at bay. She had walked to the great roundabout and stood ready in front of the Hope Runner's office, only to turn around and wallow in her inaction. She procrastinated by sifting through social media and watching vlogs about the trial. The live reactions blew Flora away. It was so sincere. She smiled, knowing her panicked antics across the dunes at least provided some entertainment. She had not been training, not outside or in the arcade. As much as she wanted to see Arjun again, Flora excused herself, citing rest and research. The reality was, no one knew how she felt. This limbo was like the gridlock, built to leave, but the engines had been idling ever since. A state of constant departure while always arriving. Flora knew, however, that a choice had to be made. The Hope Parade was around the corner, and she would have to train. If Palma indeed held some grand truth with him about her father, it could tip the balance to a choice. She could commit to quit or to dance with her specter again. Despite her optimism at a resolution, she was still prepared that Palma just wanted to be Palma and connect with her over an unfounded rumor. Hey, she turned around to a young man, all shaved with his hands in a neat jacket. He wore his new style with an emotionless face. This could only mean that Palma was serious. Hey. He moved next to her, the rail holding them both back from the horizon. I understand you're still unhappy about my actions. I accept that. I'm not here to do anything else but tell you the truth, so I'll cut to it. Flora nodded as she grabbed the railing. Her palms started sweating. My parents tracked and captured Esper, Rulo, and Saga. They intimidated them because their hack on the servers almost revealed something that my family had tried to keep secret for decades. They did what? Palma simply nodded. Yes, they captured them. I'm not happy about it either, trust me. They've been released though, so don't worry. There's something else that's more important. Palma took another deep breath. Sometimes I guess life in unexpected ways takes you exactly where you didn't expect to go. I know for many years in school, we read about the world so we could know what happened to your father. I know your father protected you from my family and this secret that was on the server. Flora's hand gripped tighter on the railing. What secret? Yesterday, I was told by my parents that your father discovered a software tool at the Mech Institute before he became a Hope Runner. This tool, a limiter, that is still active today, sends denial of service attacks on the city's telecoms infrastructure for the sole purpose of slowing down some transactions in the public car markets. This makes it easier for my family to arbitrage trades and, in doing so, hold on to their power. River knew about it. It's not illegal, but it is manipulative and affects honest people in this city. If leaked, this undoubtedly would negatively affect the reputation of the Emmers. To avoid disrepute, they intimidated your father into keeping quiet. Not my mom or dad, other Emmers. 
Remember that he told you he was protecting you from something? It's this. He knew about it and he was being intimidated. I do not yet know in what capacity. If he left, he would keep this information with him. Flora, I, I'm so sorry. Flora felt dizzy. Her legs felt weak and so she squatted, hands still grasping the rail. This was a question that became who she was. And now it had an answer, just like that. A part of her identity, gone. A closed chapter. Palma stood watch over her, hands still in his pockets, not revealing any emotion. It was over. It was done. She slowly stood and looked at Palma, his face not revealing anything. She was alone at the edge of infinity. Palma calmly continued, I trust you will keep it secret. Your mother also deserves to know, but that's it. No one else can know. I will fix this. For now, all I ask is that you give me time. I will help, and I don't care if you believe that I shouldn't help. I'm trying to be better at this, but to do so, you need to help me. Please, keep it to yourself. It's the first time Flora heard that. That Palma was asking for help for himself. Perhaps he had learned from his mistakes. She leaned in and hugged Palma deeply. It was a connection that branched out from the library books they dreamed in as kids to the edge of the penthouse's lakes today. Palma reciprocated and pulled her in, hugging her. There was no answer that came from the hug, no resolution, no closure. But it was an acknowledgement of their history and friendship. Palma let go, nodded solemnly at her, and left towards the elevator. Wait! Flora shouted after him. Am I in danger? Palma stood still for a while. Yes. Are you in danger? She added after. Palma didn't answer and left. In that liminal space afterwards, the choice she had to make slowly became clearer. The one person in her life that allowed her to feel free to find her answers, her mother, was now in danger because Flora was in danger. This is what Flora was looking for permission to choose. She would follow in her father's footsteps and protect her mother at all costs. She would run. However, this time, her mother deserved to know the truth. With a newfound sense of determination, Flora ran back to her home. When she arrived at the bus, her mother was puttering about through the windows. Mom, she said as she entered. There was a period of silence. Madeira frowned. Yes, Flora opened the Pandora's box. Mom, I know what happened to Dad before he left. I know what he was protecting us from. It was quiet, much like the absence felt after killing an idling engine. Do you want to know? Flora asked. You've already started. Do I have a choice? Flora, dear, what's going on? Flora sat down and gestured for her trembling mother to do so as well. Palma recently discovered that his family had software for decades that manipulated the city's technological infrastructure in such a way that allowed the Emmers to arbitrage and manipulate trades in the public car markets. Dad discovered this during his tenure at the Institute. They intimidated him to keep it quiet. That's why he didn't tell us. Madeira's shoulders dropped in relief. That wasn't the expected reaction. Mom? A smile crept up on Madeira's face. She leapt up and embraced her daughter. 
Flora, uncertain about what was happening, reciprocated and held her mother. When Madeira let go, Flora could see the relief and joy in her mother's eyes. She imagined that her mother might be elated, but not like this. For so many years, for so many years, I finally know I am free. Flora wasn't sure whether her mother fully understood the extent of the situation. Mom, we're in danger. The Emmers are manipulating the markets. They intimidated dad and they will intimidate us. Then screw them, my dear, Madeira exclaimed. It caught Flora by surprise. Let's tell the city the truth. They deserve to know. No, it will put us in danger. It will put my friends in danger. I will not be responsible for that. I will run like father did to protect the people I care about. Flora, no, please. River did that once to me, to us, and he kept the truth from us. I'm not going to let that happen again. Look at me, wasting my time away in this old bus. This is not what Flora wanted to hear. After an identity crisis, the new mantle of protector she hastily threw on felt comfortable. If her mother was not afraid, Flora feared that her crisis would flare up again. There's no way I can do that. I have to protect you. I have to run. What if the championship gets canceled? I'll be responsible for it all. The loss of hope. Although Flora had felt drips of hope, she still didn't entirely trust it. However, hearing herself say that to convince her mother made it swell back. The girl who stood in front of the Hope Runner's office calling at Flora for her signature, the cheering, the reactions to her maneuvers. If protector wasn't her identity, then maybe Hope was it. An actual Hope Runner? Reluctantly, she pulled it over her soul. Yes, Hope. Despite my own personal reasons for doing this, it's still my responsibility, Flora said. Had her father been stuck at the same crossroads? She heard his last words again. Hope is a choice. Maybe he went through this too. Madeira, however, did not back down. There's another way. If you win, you can tell the truth when you give your hope speech. That way the championship won't be derailed. It made Flora realize that her mother was being entirely serious. She was okay with letting go of her daughter and that the truth really mattered. Flora couldn't argue with that. I will think about it. She was tired of being confused. She just wanted to be something. Madeira retreated, bowed her head, and nodded solemnly. I'm sorry, I can see it troubles you. Come here. Flora came in for a hug. If you are going to train again, you need some sustenance. Dinner? Madeira asked. Flora nodded. Please. This was not how it was supposed to go. Her identities were being traded like a car in the public car markets. From desiring answers, to being a protector, to now actually fulfilling her role as a prospective hope runner. She was her own passenger, and the radio in the car never seemed to pick up a clean frequency. Two days later, as she walked up to the starting line in her mech at the Hope Parade, Argent, Cassidy, and Darius were waiting. It was the first time since the trial that she would see all of them. The parade was straightforward. Walk in your mech over the temporary walkways and wave to the people. At the last stretch, to showcase the mechs and to spread excitement, the runners would sprint and show some flair. Cassidy's black hair was in a ponytail, 
it matched her mech with beautiful, sharp black lines angling over a white sheen. Darius, with his mohawk, had a lighter, more agile mech covered in decals. Argents fit her name, almost all silver and shining. They all seemed jovial and excited. Flora had to admit, her competitors were an awesome sight. Her mech, on the other hand, was fairly unexciting. It had green turquoise lines across a gray body. If she had time to plan it, she would have loved to add more color to it. Flora originally dreaded the Hope Parade. It felt like the championship runners were being carted around to increase market activity. More Hope, more taxes. It all felt so obvious, a charade. However, she couldn't shake this new resolve that had seated in her to follow in her father's footsteps and become a true hope runner. Not running for answers, not to protect, but for hope. It was definitely uncomfortable, like the scratches of a new wool jersey, but she pushed through. Nice to see you again, Argent said as Flora entered their circle. It looked like Argent wanted to say something more, but being among all the championship runners didn't provide that opportunity. Flora knew that Argent still wanted to train with her. Nice to see you too, Flora replied, also nodding a hi to the others. The sound of jet engines suddenly reverberated among them. Looking up, Satello descended from the air with his brute mech, landing like he was the city's ultimate savior. He stood and gestured boastfully at his red and white mech, How's that for an entrance, huh? Darius responded to it. Better save your fuel for the race. The others laughed. Hey, you all will be embarrassed when I don't even use fuel in the final, Sotelo said in a retort. Sure, Cassidy said, rolling her eyes. Hello, 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 came a voice from beside them. It was Mr. Marlowe, the director of the Hope Runner's office. Are you ready, ready, ready? So incredibly exciting. Cassidy, Darius, Sotelo, Argent, Flora, all looking dapper. Mr. Marlowe said, eyeing their mechs. All right, you know what to do. Pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Walk along the route and wave at the people. At the last stretch, do a bit of a run and then, drum roll, you're done. Doing the honest, most meaningful job this city has to offer. True public servants to provide hope. Now... The lineup is according to the previous trial. Argent first, then Sotelo, Cassidy, Darius, and then Flora. Off you go. Argent jumped up and down like she was stretching the muscles of the mech and proceeded towards the start of the parade. As she climbed onto the walkway, Flora and the others could hear the roars from behind. Despite weeks of this, the city was still excited. They really did have hope. Flora breathed in the sights and sounds. It was like the feeling of a new discovery that did not dissipate. Is this hope? The rest of the championship runners joined on the walk with cheers following them. Flora, bringing up the rear, stepped onto the track. The roars of the crowd were deafening. It took Flora by surprise. The cheers for her were the loudest of them all. It echoed what Flora had seen on social media. The city adored an underdog that took chances. Little did they know what really happened when she lost control and pummeled into Sunny's mech. Flora continued walking through throngs of people swimming alongside her. The apartments had banners flowing from the windows, people peeling out to witness the parade. When she turned her gaze to the crowds, she could see the kids in the back running and doing parkour, jumping on the walls and other shoulders. To the great delight of the kids, Flora started mirroring some of their moves jumping, cartwheels, and dash dancing. 
Eventually, the group got to the end of the walk and readied themselves for the individual sprints. Argent, first up, roared the scream that made her famous. She sprinted, activating the jets in succession, boosting her over the finish line and back into the great roundabout. Satello was up next. He stomped, whipping the crowd into a frenzy. He sprinted, turning his momentum into increasingly higher jumps before landing with a hard, reverberating thud at the end. Cassidy flicked her long hair and stylishly posed for the crowds. She had a massive following on social media. Her signature was a hand movement that was a pulsing A, two hands together, raised, pulsing. Her fans reciprocated. She ran, jumping with finesse into all manner of twists, turns, and twirls, mimicking a gymnast vaulting to a gold medal. Darius had a cheeky smile as he dusted off his shoulders of his mech into peace signs. He sprinted, and halfway through, turned around, activating his front jets on his feet into what looked like a gliding moonwalk through the crowd. They roared. Flora had a plan for this. She was thinking of ending with the twister that saved her in the previous trial, but seeing the kids next to her doing interesting tricks and moves, she stooped down and asked them to recommend one. A small girl came up to the front. She did a small jump-jump clap. Flora smiled. She stood at the start of the sprint and did a jump-jump clap in her mech. The crowd roared in return and hastily mimicked it. Jump, jump, clap. The kids were ecstatic. She smiled. She ran, absorbing the crowd's cheers. Right before the end, she slowed and stopped. She did another jump, jump, clap, turned around and waved to the crowd. She was beaming. It felt like a sunset. As they finished the parade and the runners went their ways, Argent stayed behind. You look happy. We should train again, Argent said. She was glad Argent asked. Hope would not be enough, and she was out of practice. Agreed. Looking forward to it. Flora, the hope runner of gridlock, she wore hope on her sleeve, and it didn't feel so uncomfortable after all. The next day, Argent was doing stretches as Flora's mech blasted down onto the skyscraper. Flora climbed out and came in to hug Argent. She missed hanging with her. Where have you been? Argent asked with a smile on her face. Flora reiterated her lie. Resting, simulator, and studying. Happy to get back into this. Studying? Anything you'd like to share? Flora jokingly stared at Argent with sneaky eyes. You want my secrets? You'll have to beat me. Argent laughed. Deal. You know the route, right? I suggest we just do a moderately intense run to start with, just to learn. I've been doing it with my other training partner, but want to see what the experience is like with a fresh competitor. Flora nodded as she climbed back into her mech. She turned it back on and it hummed in tune with her mood. She did a jump-jump clap. Ready. The final trial ran from the Great Roundabout, jumping from skyscraper to skyscraper, heading out the dome gate, scaling the dome, falling through the top gate, flying down, sprinting across the rooftops, and finally jumping over a large chasm to the finish line, finishing back at the Great Roundabout. The toughest part was ensuring that fuel would be available for both the flight from the top dome gate and for the final chasm. Both dome gates had timers on them, so it could create bottlenecks as they opened and closed. Argent counted down and they jetted off, running and jumping across the skyscrapers. Despite being out of action for a while, Flora ran with the ease of a newly lubricated engine. As they approached the dome gate, they slowed down, 
and requested clearance to exit. Argent was slightly ahead, and so Flora gave her a second or so head start as they raced up the side of the dome. While the transparent dome seemed slippery, for maintenance purposes, a mech could readily traverse it. It was like a hill. It didn't mean that it wouldn't be exasperating. Flora pushed forward, doing brief jet jumps to get more leverage and gain on Argent. As she scaled the dome, her focus shifted to the city sprawling in front of her. As much as she tried to focus on her training, the immensity of it enveloped her. The gridlock snaked through the streets, the mid-levels growing out of pockets in the city, the glimmering penthouse lakes flowing through skyscrapers, all of it. So many lives in this strange story they call home. A city that looked inwards, a commons of cars underneath a dome that always wished for salvation on the horizon. Hope wasn't a choice, it was a necessary farce. Lives depended on it. Flora knew that because she had worked in a call center for a car market's trading application. Hope was a mine, and it kept the cogs of the city running. It was almost entirely unavoidable. It all led to hope. It scared Flora because in seeing the whole machine from above, she couldn't shake her own responsibility. Now she was a lead stoker, going down the well-trodden path of capturing fresh air to reinvigorate the machine. More hope, more money, just for another cycle. Did she ever have a choice? Did anyone have a choice? Flora became short of breath. How could this be? Another intrusive thought, another specter. Hope was a toilet. She tried to shrug it off before she spiraled again. Hope finally felt comfortable and she would not feed her doubts. She breathed them away. Argent stood at the top of the dome waiting for Flora before requesting its opening. It opened and they fell into it legs first. The city slowly flew up to meet them. Flora wanted to close her eyes, curl into a ball and slam into the gridlock destroying its resonant power and its ability to channel its markets into hope. A sudden vacuum ripped alongside her as Argent's jets activated. Flora abruptly came to and activated her jets. She was racing way too fast to the skyscrapers. Luckily, they didn't use a lot of fuel, and so she turned headfirst to navigate through the skyscrapers. She panicked but slalomed through some buildings back to the skyscraper where Argent was waiting. As she landed, she unwrapped herself from her mech Argent jumped out of her own mech and ran to Flora. Are you okay? Flora's body was full of adrenaline. She was physically okay, but she was flustered and angry at what she felt on top of the dome. I think I'm okay. Her body started trembling. Argent came over and held her. Flora rested her head on Argent's shoulders as her energy flowed into Argent, pouring out parts of her burden. What happened? I got distracted. Flora answered as she pulled her head away. Argent was now holding Flora by her shoulders. Flora, really, you need to stop hesitating. If you hesitate, you're falling. And when you're falling, you will either collapse into the nets below or you need to use precious fuel to get back up again. No matter how much Flora tried to regain some semblance of control, she lost it. I can't do this, she whispered to herself. I can't do this, she said again, this time to Argent. When I was up there, all I could see was how all of this, all of us, you, me, my father, my mother, Armin, your daughter, all of us are just unwilling machinery. Hope is pointless because we will die if we don't have hope. It is absurd. Hope should be a choice. 
We've turned this beacon into a necessity. Now you and I are just a part of it, running so others can feel hope to keep the markets alive. I can't do this, Flora said, not exactly sure why it all came out. Argent hugged Flora again. Flora continued, During the Hope Parade, I had not felt hope like that, ever. And now this? I don't know what I should feel. Hey, it's okay, it's normal to feel this way. Flora kept going. I lied. I haven't been training since the first trial. I wanted to quit because when I ran, I lost control. I saw my father running in front of me. I rammed into Sonny because I was angry at my father. I am afraid of losing that control again. Argent chuckled slightly. Flora peered at her, confused. <laughs> I know how you feel, Argent said. You do? Every day I'm afraid of my other self. Truth be told, I've always been afraid of what I might become if I don't win. After Armin left, no matter how much I tried, I couldn't be the person I wanted to be. I did some questionable things. And that person is still there, wanting to take control. I'm running for my own sanity, but I'm also running for my daughter. I'd rather have her see me as a hero, be sad for me running into the horizon, than seeing me fall apart all over again. Then how do you manage it? I don't. For a while, I wanted to release myself from this fear. Why did I yearn to follow in Armin's footsteps? Am I afraid of myself? I don't know. So now, I just tell myself that I don't have to be certain. I've found that when I resisted, it got worse. So I let the punches swing. When they miss, it looks like a dance. I don't know whether it's the right approach, but it's the one that's working right now. It felt to Flora like it made sense. Let her questions out, even if it might take control of her. She looked down at Argent's neck and saw the locket hanging around her neck. Argent was openly wearing her grief with her. Flora reached into her jacket pocket and held on to her father's bracelet. In the Hope Runner's office, she was afraid to show it to Argent, but now she stopped resisting. She pulled it out. My father gave me this before he left. It reads, to my Flora, I will be back, love dad. That's beautiful. Why don't you wear it? I'm afraid that if I lose it, it would mean that my father died. Like it was some last beacon that still connected me to him. Flora said, suddenly shy to meet Argent's eyes. Maybe he would be able to sense you if you didn't bury it, Argent replied. Poetic. But Flora was still too afraid to put it on her arm and slipped it back into her jacket pocket. I'm sorry that I freaked out there for a moment. I don't think I can train anymore today as much as I need it, Flora said. Argent nodded. It's okay. Flora paused for a few seconds. Argent understood her but in much the same way that Esper understood her when they were teenagers. Through the noise of teenage lust, they mistook their love for bonding over shared trauma. It didn't mean, however, that the connection was any less meaningful. It was just misplaced. Do you want to just sit for a bit? I need to decompress, Flora asked. Argent nodded, smiled, and they walked to the edge of the skyscraper. They sat and stared over the city and all the lives within it. Argent moved closer to Flora and took her hand, cradling it. She seemed to understand. Nothing more needed to be said. The red lights alongside them, still warning the non-existent airplanes, beat like the hearts they harbored beneath them. Perhaps Argent was right. 
Instead of resisting her questions, she could dance with it, for no dance flourished without pushing and pulling. <laughs> 